Brought to you by Fruitnet Media, this is Fruitbox. Hello, welcome to Fruitbox, Fruitnet's series of conversations about the fresh fruit and vegetable business with me, Chris White. Every week I talk down the line from here in London with people from across the world of fresh produce about some of the biggest issues they face today. I want these 15-minute conversations, which we now broadcast once a week every Thursday, to give you the best insight into how to do better business in fresh fruits and vegetables. Today on Fruitbox, I want to look at these issues of provenance and seasonality and at that crucial connection between the grower and the consumer and how new forms of farm-to-fork food retailing are now emerging that focus on just these issues. To discuss them with me, I'm delighted to be joined down the line from Brooklyn uh, in New York by Franco Fabini, the founder and chief executive of Natura. Franco, good morning. Welcome to Fruitbox. Morning, Chris. Thanks for thanks for having us. Now, what is Natura? You're kind of an upscale greengrocer, and yet you're also a fresh produce importer. And at the same time, you're a brand at my local supermarket here in London. And you're also a network of small-scale producers around the world. So which one are you? Or are you all of these things? We're kind of uh, all of these things. We're, we're centered around a mission, which is a complete food system revolution. Uh-huh. Um, and kind of the reason why we operate in many different markets and channels is because we, we kind of we feel that we need to cover the entirety of the supply chain um, and have multiple or as diverse as possible uh, sales channels. Uh, because in order for us to tackle the food system in the way that we that we want to, we need to we need to tackle it from all angles to create real change. So when when we the way that we look at Natura is is we break it down into three areas. We have our wholesale business, which is primarily supplying restaurants, which pre-COVID was about 1,500 restaurants across the regions that we operate in. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our retail. Uh, business, which is our own physical stores, uh, which at the moment are only in, in London, uh, five stores in London, uh, but also the partnerships that we have with the retailers, like you mentioned, some of the supermarkets. And then the third, the third area within Natura is our farming, is where we have our own farms, um, which are key to, to the future of, of this revolution that we mm-hmm. talked about. And, and you talk, I mean, it's no small ambition you have. You say to lead a revolution, this is in quotes, I think, in the food system, one that connects growers via a transparent and sustainable supply chain to deliver seasonal produce to shoppers like me. Now, you've got very attractive small-scale retail outlets here in London, as I, as I, you mentioned a moment ago. There's one not far from where I live here in central London, and you're also working to do the same, I, I understand, in places like Paris and New York, where you live, and Los Angeles, and even Tokyo. So you kind of want to become the world's first kind of vertically integrated global greengrocer. Is that, is that right? Yeah, we're not, I don't know if we're massive fans of the word greengrocer, but I think, um, I think you're right in terms that what we're trying to do is build, um, is build a company that's able to uh, deliver through very transparent and very unique supply chains, a level of trust and confidence to consumers around the quality of the fresh produce that they, that they eat, both in terms of flavor and in terms of nutritional density. Mm-hmm. Um, and we feel that there is opportunity and scale to do this across, across multiple regions and across the world, ultimately. So, um, you know, we're, we're now focused on, on London, New York and Paris, as you mentioned. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we hope to, to be doing the same in L.A. where at the moment we just have a sourcing hub. Um, so, yeah, in some ways, in some ways, you could say that we want to become a kind of the first global global greengrocer. Mm. And, and uh, you, you talked a moment ago about this idea of radical 
seasonality. And the whole question of seasonality always strikes me as being a rather a tricky one in that, you know, a new season essentially starts somewhere in the world every day of the year. And, and this is reflected to a certain extent, I think I'm right in saying in, in your sourcing, but, but I don't really kind of get it. For Natura, how different is that to what every single food retailer is doing or, or, or saying they're doing in terms of sourcing from everywhere where you think it's worth, worth sourcing from? So I think, you know, we look at seasonality as one of those words that gets bandied around a lot. Um, mm. There's some of the, some of the kind of quote unquote healthy salad bar concepts that you find in cities like London mm. um, have plastered on their windows, you know, healthy seasonal food. And then you go in and they have, you know, year round cherry tomatoes um, sitting on the, on the counter. Um, for us, seasonality is a real term. And we look at seasonality, as you said, we see it as a 365 day kind of process and continue. Oh, okay. um, and we look at seasonality through the lens of kind of early peak late. So we take every single variety that we source, irrespective of the region that it comes from, and we trace it through, uh, through its natural season from early peak and late to try and go deeper into, into this concept of seasonality and then look at, look at how those um, with, within those micro seasons, how you get a, a really nice overlap between products that are, that are um, in season at the same time. So you can have a late season orange uh, pairing up itself very well with an early season broad bean. Um, and that's something oh, okay. that we find fascinating and educational for, for consumers. Yeah. So the, the question of sourcing is, is kind of trying to source the very best from wherever you can find it. I, I've done my homework and I know that you were, you were born in Argentina and you know that some of the world's best lemons, for example, come from Salta in the north of Argentina and the best pears can, come from Neoquen in the southwest. Um, and, and they're not kind of local, are they? And they're certainly counter seasonal to where your shopper lives. So but they, they fit into your sourcing model at Natura, do they? Um, they, they don't, not, not in what we term. So we have, we have two sourcing models. One is uh, what goes out into the retail world, mm -hmm. what goes direct to consumer. Uh, so if you look at our stores, our stores don't carry apples and pears year round. They don't carry strawberries year round. Um, and what we do for our wholesale customers is offer a wider range of produce where those kind of counter seasonal lemons and, and pears do come in. Um, mm. And we do that because it helps support, um, support us financially. It makes the model work economically mm. uh, because we're providing a service. Um, and that then allows us to reinvest uh, into the type of farming that we want to see, which is not counter, counter seasonal. But ultimately I think it depends on where things are being farmed. So yeah. the benefits that are gained from sourcing them in terms of soil health and heritage value, for example, uh, outweigh the impact of transporting them, then we feel that it's it's the right it's the right uh, compromise to to do. Mm -hmm. We do and, this by importing. Sorry, we do this by importing radicchios in from from Italy into into Brooklyn here in New York, and we feel that the compromise is actually a valid one. That what we're doing in terms of supporting the right types of farming compensates for the cost or the carbon footprint of uh, of transporting them over, over there. I follow and and you you mentioned uh, radicchio from from Italy and and I, I think I'm right in saying that much of your focus so far has been on sourcing from Italy I mean it's a country that has 
notions of local and regional almost built into its DNA when it comes to its food and, and to its fruits and vegetables. So is Italy's focus on seasonal and local the kind of biggest draw for you? And how much bigger do you think Italy can become for you, especially if it's really the small suppliers that you want to work with? Yeah, we're, I wouldn't say that we're super focused uh, on Italy. Uh, Italy today probably represents about a quarter of our sourcing uh, mm-hmm. out of uh, Italy, France, England, and Spain, which are the four key regions in Europe that we, that we source from. Um, but you do touch on a point that I think culturally, Italy has a very wide range of uh, really exciting seasonal product. And that does attract us to, to Italy a lot and has in, has in the past. Um, but yeah, we believe in kind of expanding our network uh, across multiple regions. Um, and I think in terms of the second part of your question, you know, is it how far can we grow? I, I do think that um, it's not instant growth, but as we continue to drive demand for the right kind of products, the land is there and the farmers are there that want to farm uh, that, that level of product. So it's a matter of kind of over time uh, feeding that demand into better, better farming. And where, where you mentioned that you're farming, where, where are you farming exactly? We farm in Sicily, in Acate. We have a farm uh, down there. It's about uh, 20 acres that does primarily tomatoes, mm-hmm. but also aubergines and uh, peppers we started doing this year. Um, that's where we grow the vast majority of our datterino, which is one of, one of our, mm, uh, one of our key products. Yeah. Um, and then we have, we just set up uh, Melolo Farm in Cornwall. About oh, okay. We, we announced it about a month ago, uh, but ah. it's, been, it's been in the works for about, about a year. Now, now that this whole kind of focus on the small and the local and the sustainable are attracting, of course, much attention among much bigger, bigger retailers. And here in the UK, as I mentioned, you've been working with uh, the online giant Ocado. You've, I can find Natura-based, uh, Natura-branded, excuse me, produce at my local Waitrose uh, supermarket. And you're also working with Whole Foods. So what is it that they like so much about Natura and, and what do you like about them? I think they like the diversity of our range um, and the quality and flavor of our produce. It mm. fits a growing need, uh, which is fairly nascent. It's probably, I don't know, five, six years old, seven years old, where there's a recognition that there is a consumer out there that is looking for uh, something that is of higher flavor, um, particularly when, in, when it comes to fruits. Um, so... Yeah, I think ultimately it's range, range and flavor and that demographic that we're able, to, we're able to hit. We love the fact that, you know, when we started out uh, on this idea of having an impact on the food system, <clears throat> you know, we, we, we naively said, well, you know, we're, we're going to figure out a way to build a new distribution, distribution network and system. Mm-hmm. And then over time, I guess you, you evolve and, and, and you grow and mature and you realize that actually uh, consumption will continue to happen through the large retailers. And what we need to do is figure out a way that we can partner with them mm-hmm. so that we can leverage their existing um, delivery platforms, whether that's physical stores or online, to be able to reach as wide an audience as we can. And I think for us, it's, all, it's always about impact. And the decisions that we take are always centered around how can we have the greatest impact so long as we stay uh, true to our, to our beliefs and our ethos. And the supermarkets are great partners in allowing us to really, really have significant reach. And, and a lot of that, uh, Franco, I guess, depends on the on the issue of brands. I mean, your brand is very important to you. Yeah. Um, and in many ways, I mean, every retailer kind of wants to develop their own brand. 
uh, and presumably these these brand um, kind of uh, identifiers or values are, are pretty much the, the same, uh, you know, to deliver the best quality at the, be, the best value to, to, to consumers. Um, aren't you taking kind of a rather conventional route that other retailers, food retailers are taking, developing your own brand? And don't you think there might be some interesting opportunities to work more directly with, with grower brands that are out there? That really would be something rather different, wouldn't it? By grower brands, you mean the likes of a Chiquita or like an Isle of Wight tomato or? Yes, exactly. Or or, or brands that, I mean, every, virtually every single grower of any substance, um, uh, they, they market under, you know, private label, but they also have brands there that they would like to see if they could, that, that, that are known in the market, say at, at, uh, but, but, but never, um, never get to see themselves at the point of sale or very rarely. And that's often because the, the retailer is keen to see actually his brand at point of sale and not um, a grower brand. And yet in many ways, it seems to me the consumer can almost connect with the grower rather, rather better than he could perhaps connect with the supermarket. He feels that there is, he or she feels that there's something there in, in the brand that that grower has rather than, shall we say the, 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 the own brand that the supermarket is, uh, is delivering and that's where i guess your brand at natura's kind of feels slightly different in a way yeah i mean so i guess the first thing is that we need to have a you know natura needs to have a very strong identity uh, to drive uh to drive change mm-hmm. um, we need to ensure that we uh, can rally consumers and that we give them the confidence and trust that if they're buying from us they know that there's transparency in our supply chain mm-hmm. um and that there's a guarantee of flavor. And ultimately we think that if nothing else, flavor should be the determining, determining factor for driving people to, towards better quality food. Mm-hmm. Um, we do push through this transparency. We do as a brand, uh, we are very vocal about our farmers and we have built brands. So if you look at Ollie Fruit um, uh, is, sits at Mora Farm in Cornwall, we have created that brand for him within the restaurant space, and we're doing that in, in the retail space. And um, you believe you believe that there's an opportunity to get that brand into into food retail, do you? Yes. So you know, in our stores, I guess some of our some of our customers are getting to know the the Olo Fruit brand, mm-hmm. um, and I do think that that's something that we can do that we can do through the likes of Ocado and and uh, and other retailers uh, is to get some of the brands that sit within our within our portfolio. So these grower brands that, that you talk about. That's very interesting. Now, if, if, if I may, let, let's just turn to COVID for a moment. You mentioned it earlier because we haven't really talked about it so far. Um, I understand you've got plans to, to extend your direct delivery service um, here in London, for example, where we're just about to go into a, a second lockdown. That means that, you know, more of your shoppers can buy more of your range through the app that they have on their mobile phone and it gets delivered direct to their door. That is correct. Yeah. So, Nice thing is that we have our own technology team. And um, so we've been investing for the last, you know, four months all through the summer uh, in improving our app. So we split our app into our our chef app, which was the original app. um, Mm. And we've now got uh, a home delivery app, which allows us to develop functionality that is different for the two channels. So we've done a lot of work. And part of this work was developing nationwide capabilities so that we can actually have a different delivery slot system uh, to open up uh, to nationwide than the delivery slots that we have in, in London. <clears throat> so uh, as I'd say within one to two weeks, uh, we should be launching nationwide um, across 
pretty much all of the UK except some of the Scottish Highlands and some very remote remote areas. And um, I think that you know the opening up of nationwide will really help uh, in this during the second lockdown, and particularly as we get close to the to the Christmas season. So we're very excited to be able to to reach well beyond well beyond London. Fantastic. Now, when I when I talk to people about Natura, and this is my last question, the first thing they remark upon is is the quality of the produce supply and the second thing they would say of course is wow it cost me a fortune it, it was the high price they paid for it and and i guess that must be music to your ears because they keep on coming back to your stores and it means that you're selling well the finest produce for for top dollar which is what everybody wants to achieve in the business now that seems to me something of a market niche that you're managing to service very successfully are you not worried that kind of others will cotton on and that they'll start following your example and that you'll all of a sudden lose your your USP, your unique selling point. I think uh, I'll, I'll touch on the I'll touch on the on the top dollar, which I, I, I think uh, I think is right. I think, I, you know, the for us, it's top dollar, but it's really, you know, the cost of the cost of real food uh, mm. and to keep the entirety of our supply chain going is is expensive and ensuring that we pay you know, it's not just about paying, you know, fair wages to the farmers, that is, or fair, sorry, fair, fair value to the farmers for, sure. for the produce, but it's ensuring that the supply chain actually is financially sustainable. Mm. And if we're going to, if we're going to deliver quality product, consumers, part of the change in the education is that consumers need to recognize that they need to spend more money for real food and for quality, for quality food. And that's, that's part of our challenge. In terms of the imitation, I guess we're not we're not really worried or concerned. But you know, our our USP, as you said, is you know is this uniqueness, and the uniqueness really comes down to the supply chain that we've built and that we continue to build. Um, it's very easy to you know say that you source direct and to try and you know um, you know approach farms and build a few direct relationships, but ultimately the supply chain that we've built has taken us 15 years to do so, mm-hmm. um, and it's very very hard to replicate. Uh, it's really built into the DNA of how Natura operates and works. And I think that things that you've touched on, you know, our brand, our transparency, the relationships that we've built with the farms and this supply chain that we continue to invest in, um, and hopefully our desire to continue to innovate, um, keep us on our toes to make sure that, we, uh, that we're at the forefront of, of the space. Well, it's a fascinating conversation, Flanco. Thank you so much um, for joining me today. That's all we've got time today on Fruitbox. I was joined down the line by Franco Fubini, the founder and chief executive of Natura. Franco, thank you so much for coming on Fruitbox. Thank you. It was a real pleasure. Now, you can find today's conversation with Franco and the many others I'm having here at Fruitbox on our website, fruitnet.com. We've got more great guests coming on the program in the next few weeks, so do keep listening in. We're getting loads of listens every week. Look out for us on LinkedIn, where I'm posting every episode every week. And the interviews are getting loads of likes, comments, and shares. Thanks for all your interest. It means a lot to me and to all of us at FruitNet. So that was Fruitbox, and this is Chris White. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. To sponsor a future episode, please email advertising at fruitnet.com. You can follow us on Twitter at FruitNet Live. And don't forget you can keep up to date with all the latest fresh produce industry news at FruitNet.com.